Welcome to the Entrepreneurial Nonprofit Podcast. My name is Ken Thiessen. I'm going to be your host for today, and I'm pleased to welcome to the show today, Sheila Wignes-Patton. Sheila, thank you so much for taking the time to uh, be interviewed today. You're welcome. So Sheila is the Executive Director of uh, uh, Phoenix Residential Society in Regina, Saskatchewan, Canada. And um, you took on that role in 2019, right? Yes, I did. Yeah, but I've been with the organization for uh, well over 30 years now. And, and the board appointed you when your predecessor retired after being with the organization for many decades as well, right? <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. that's exactly right. Yeah. And Sheila and I met, she reached out to me through my website and inquired about the possibility of doing a strategic planning uh, engagement with them. And, uh, and uh, so we set up a meeting time and it became very clear that it, this was going to be a good fit. And uh, we worked together for almost a year with her and her management team. And I'm going to tell you some things about Sheila that she will never tell you herself. But Sheila is a top-notch leader and the board made the right decision in hiring her to be the new executive director to take over. She was familiar with the organization. Um, she's somebody who leads well, who trusts her team and whose team trusts her. And um, so, uh, yeah, it was a real, real delight to work with her. And uh, I mean, the situation was tough enough trying to follow in, uh, you know, your predecessor's footsteps, let alone what's transpired in 2020. <laughs> Exactly. Well, and thank you, Ken. I appreciate your kind words. Yep. And so what Phoenix does is they work with people who have, and they were founded in 1977, and they opened their first um, uh, psychiatric rehabilitation home in 1979. They're the only organization agency in the province of Saskatchewan that uh, kind of runs a residential program. And um, have a very successful track record of working with people who struggle with mental health and addiction issues. And uh, the purpose of their program is to uh, help people deal with the, the root issues and then get to the place where they are able to live on their own. A lot of these people would find themselves homeless. And so, um, and in addition to that, they run a, an acquired brain injury program, which is also very, very effective. So yeah, they're doing great work in our province. And uh, yeah, serving a significant need. So, yeah, and we also have our um, Homes Housing First program, working with people that are uh, chronically um, homeless. So mm -hmm. we've uh, we've grown a lot from those early days back in in the uh, the seventies. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and uh, you've developed quite the track record <laughs> of helping people deal with their mental health and addiction issues. And those two issues always go hand in hand or often go hand in hand, don't they? Oh, definitely. Um, they, uh, you know, a lot of people who struggle with addictions have mental health issues. And sometimes those with mental health issues um, do turn to um, substance use. So um, they, uh, yeah, they do. They often go hand in hand. Yeah. Well, and I mean, we've seen uh, COVID has actually exacerbated that problem. I think we had last week in our city, uh, four people who died of drug overdoses and, uh, you know, police, the police are constantly trying to, you know, having been called in to deal with people who struggle with mental health issues. And uh, a lot of times the, the clientele that you would deal with would have had interaction with the justice system, right? 
Oh, a number of them. Um, not all of them, for sure. But uh, no, they're uh, especially, to be honest, in that uh, that Housing First program. Um, mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it, it's there is another epidemic happening right now or um, of, you know, with drug overdoses. It's um, it's equally as concerning as what uh, COVID is right now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, and part of what you your your program offers is hope for people who struggle and who want to get help, right? Yes, definitely. Yeah. And a lot of times people who find themselves in that situation don't feel like they have any hope. And so then the uh, the drugs become the uh, their means of trying to cope with that. So yeah, that can, that can certainly be the case. Yeah. Well, and a lot of these people would uh, would uh, visit the uh, emergency wards at hospitals, and they're oftentimes not equipped to deal with these kinds of issues either, right? And that's where an, an agency like Phoenix really provides a valuable resource uh, to the not only the people who struggle with that, but their families and the community as a whole. Well, and our our mission statement is. Um our vision sorry vision statement strengthening community by supporting recovery mm-hmm. so it, it certainly is that you know we're we're wanting to to serve the the greater community not uh, and and that they benefit by the work that we do with our residents mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah and you have uh well you, you you have three facilities that you run right <laughs> that are residential and you know, one is your acquired brain injury, and then you've got the, you know, your residential program for people who are in the addiction program. But when they get to the place where they get, um, they, they got the life skills, then they can move into an independent living situation where they're more sustainable on their own, right? Yes. Yeah. 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 Our, the, you know, the 24-hour pr- uh, programs that we have, two are for people with mental health. Um, diagnoses. One one is for mental health, and and some of those people struggle with addictions, and and then yes, our um, well, and we have our new twenty um, four hour staffed intensive mental health program, and then a number of of um, programs that support people in their own homes in the community. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you've had a full year because that uh, the government put out the uh, the request for proposals for the more intensive program. Uh, late in 2019, and then that, that was ready to launch right when COVID was starting, right? <laughs> yes, pretty much. Yeah, so and, that, that certainly added to the challenge of opening new programs. Yeah, and you had, uh, you mean, how, was Matt involved hiring new staff as well as doing some renovations in one of your facilities? And so, so yeah, but uh, so the thing I would like to talk to you about today is. Uh, one of the exercises that we did with uh, your management team, and of course, when COVID uh, hit, everything changed from being live to Zoom. <laughs> but before COVID hit, we did an exercise called the power of one and uh, it had quite a profound effect on your team as we went through that. And so for our listeners, uh, what it is, is an exercise that we go through with, uh, with organizations, nonprofits. If you could reduce your expenses by 1% and decrease your uh, revenue by 1%, how much would that add to your bottom line as an organization? And I've never worked with a nonprofit that didn't need more money. And um, so Sheila, you'll remember that exercise that we went through. And it's not like, um, you know, 
then your management team would wake up that morning and say, oh, goody, we get to look at financials all day today. <laughs> but that's what we spent the day doing is going through your financials and saying, okay, if we could reduce expenses here by 1%, reduce revenue here, um, what would that add to the bottom line? And um, I don't know if you remember what the total was, but I do because I wrote a blog article because I, I remember when we got to the end of the day, we were all stunned by how much money we had found you know, just by making some small, small tweaks in the budget. And that wasn't by cutting, it didn't involve any cuts to programs or services, right? No, not at all. Not at all. It was just a matter of finding ways that you could be more efficient. So, so yeah. So why don't you talk about that, or, that, uh, that exercise that we went through and just, you know, the difference it made for you as an organization and your management team. Um, I think what it did is it just helped us have a, a different view of looking at our, our finance, financial picture. And, and um, you know, sometimes we feel that we have to make big changes to get big results. But what this exercise helped us do was to realize that small changes, a, a 1% change, either in, in reducing costs or increasing revenue really has a profound effect on the, on the bottom line. And it, it, it helped our management team to, to say, well, what are, what are some of the small changes that we can make that can have a big impact? Yeah, without, without in any way cutting, uh, you know, impacting program, negatively impacting program or service delivery, right? Oh, exactly. No, it, yeah. it uh, you know, and, and in fact, you know, what we've ended up doing because we've been able to, uh, you know, make those changes is actually enhance our services that we offer. Mm -hmm. Do you remember what the final number was when we hit well, the bottom? Um, I, I was looking at some of the sheets. I have 70,000. Is that yeah. what you, yeah, that, that was the number that I mm -hmm. mean, it was, it was shocking, right? <laughs> yeah. When we added up all the numbers, because we're going through and we're doing the 1% here, 1% there and, uh, keeping track of it all. And at the end of the day, and what was your budget at that point in time? Is it, well, um, oh, it would have been about, um, 1.3 million. Okay. And 70,000 would make a huge difference, right? <laughs> oh, tremendous. Yeah, tremendous difference. And if I had told your team beforehand that that's, that was going to be the number we'd add up with, I suspect that nobody would have believed that. <laughs> no. Right? Yeah. No. Yeah. I, I agree. Yeah. No, it's... Uh... Uh, just shows the, you know, how, you know, like you say, small little tweaks can make significant impact. And, and I mean, you know, you, you struggle with, uh, you know, just like any other agency, funding is always a, is always a critical factor, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, definitely. You know, um, and certainly this past year, we've had, um, with COVID, a lot of un unanticipated expenses. Um, mm -hmm. But even, you know, because, um, and, and we've been fortunate, we've been able to get a lot of grants. But I think, again, this doing this exercise kind of opened us up to that possibility um, you know, why don't we uh, apply for, for different grants? And there's been a lot of specific um, COVID-19 related grants. Mm -hmm. um, so that, you know, um, even with the extra expenses, our bottom line is to, to this point in the year is still looking quite good. 
That's great. Yeah, and I mean, because, you know, uh, COVID is not going to be the last pandemic. I mean, there have been other pandemics, and who knows how long it'll continue on. And, and, um, and, you know, like you said, you know, I mean, a lot of times we don't realize how even the smallest little tweaks can actually make a huge big difference in terms of your bottom line for, you know, the agencies and give you money that, that would enable you to enhance the programs and service delivery that you're doing. Mm-hmm. No, it, um, it has, it's made a, made a, a significant impact. <laughs> no, that's, and, and I mean, like I say, I mean, and, Probably you wouldn't have, if we weren't engaged in the process we were engaged in, you probably would never have thought of doing that, right? No, I don't think so. You know, we, you know, um, you know, we're all have, want to be fiscally responsible. But again, it was, it, it, the, the process that you led us through just helped, like I said, it, it helped us see things in a different way. Um, and, and again, it was the, the, having the time with with your direction and and all of the the management team together to uh to to brainstorm and and you know have that synergy of building on you know well there's what about this what about this and and it uh you know we came up with some some pretty interesting uh ideas in terms of of both the uh the decreasing our uh our expenses and our increasing our revenue yeah Mm -hmm. One of the things I remember us talking about was uh, we we um, do a lot of in-house training and have um, a number of our, our senior staff are, are trained as trainers. And um, we thought, well, that's that's something that we could, so so to speak, take on the, the road. And um, we ha- do have now a contract with one of our um, kind of sister organizations where we're doing some online training for them and, and getting paid for that. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's just one example of one of the, the ideas that we came up with. Well, and as we were, I remember as we were talking about that, I mean, that uh, led to a discussion about uh, change in roles for one of your management team because she was doing your in-house training and, you know, well, and you, you know, the team started brainstorming. Well, what if we, what if we were to offer this as a, a fee for service to other agencies? Because, you know, you, you, you guys have got a long track record of dealing with some of this stuff and uh, are on the, on the cutting edge on, on a lot of the, uh, the ways in which you approach uh, dealing with these issues. So yeah, it's becoming creative and, and really becoming entrepreneurial in some ways, right? <laughs> oh, exactly. Yeah. Think, exactly. Think, thinking outside the box. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Most definitely. Yeah. Yeah, and then COVID hit, and uh, I mean, that kind of threw everything into a tailspin for you, right? <laughs> oh, definitely. Uh, you know, um, and as, me- as much as there's been a lot of challenges, though, um, there's a lot of people that I, I've been talking to that, um, yeah, there is the, the, the uh, obviously all of the, the hardships and the downside of COVID, but we've also talked about the gift of COVID. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, that it, it is things of how we've learned to do things differently, 
um, recognize that, um, you know, it's, it's actually a good thing to have our managers, um, maybe not every day, but they do work from home now and they find they're much more productive working at home. Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, a lot of the training has pivoted to being online. And it's, you know, it just allows us to do things in a different way and, and opened our eyes. So, you know, not only, um, you know, working with you, but you know, that has been one of the gifts of of COVID. Well, and with COVID, I mean, you had to go into lockdown because, uh, you know, a lot of the people in your facilities would be at a higher level of risk of contracting COVID. And so we switched our, you know, our coaching sessions to Zoom and um, I know initially you weren't sure how that was going to work, but actually it, it actually turned out really well, didn't it? <laughs> no, it, it worked ex- extremely well. Yeah. Yeah. And it gave us time to talk, you know, with your, you know, with your team about how they were dealing with the added stress. I mean, you know, ironic that you're helping people with, uh, you know, deal with mental health issues, but then talking through with your staff, your management team, okay, how are you guys doing from a mental health perspective, you know, because I mean, there was a lot of uncertainty and, you know, a lot of anxiety around uh, just what the outcome was going to be. And, uh, you know, you were able to, luckily you had no outbreaks and uh, you thought you might lose some staff through that process. You know, they might become, you know, more apprehensive about working there, but uh, you were able to kind of keep, keep moving right through that plus launch a new program. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it, you know, it, um, it, that was an important piece of, you know, and, and one of our, um, our strategic goals is human resource or invest in human resources to enable staff to do their best. Yep. And, you know, we uh, definitely recognize that, uh, you know, um, all of our staff and our management team, we all have to take care of our own mental health and, you know, have that opportunity to, to vent and to share and to support each other. So that's, that's been an important um, strategic goal for us to, to really invest um, in the, in the midst of COVID. Yeah. Well, and one of the things you did early on is you started uh, regular meetings with your management team just to kind of touch base and find out how everybody was doing and making sure that everybody was doing okay. And, uh, you know, that that was important. And the other key thing was that, you know, kind of getting your core values nailed down and then hiring for core values. And I mean, your management team were all on board with the core values and a lot of your frontline people were as well, which really kind of served you well um, through the through the 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 drama of COVID. Oh, 100%. No, that was the other piece that that you guided us through, Ken, that just, I would say it truly transformed our organization. Mm -hmm. Um, We, you know, we've incorporated having our core values into not only hiring, but performance reviews. Um, And, and, you know, when issues come up, it's like, well, that's, that's, turn back to, you know, what are our core values and how, how are we going to best um, exemplify those in this situation? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, you've, yeah, you've got a good team there and that's been, that's been really good. And, uh, you know, cause yeah, COVID would have been, I suspect that if you hadn't had your core values nailed down, there would have been a whole lot more organizational drama internally around COVID. <laughs> 
Oh, I, it, I think so. I, yeah, I think it, uh, it, it would have made life a lot tougher. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and incorporating your core values into your hiring process. So you're hiring people who fit with, uh, you know, kind of the, the core of who you are as an agency, you know, that is really good. And the other thing you did too, was uh, you started and you were doing some of this before you, uh, you engaged me was, but measuring, you know, outcomes that, and uh, you know, with, with uh, you know, people who were involved in your different programs and, you know, doing stakeholder surveys and, you know, saying, okay, how are we really doing, you know, not a, not afraid to ask the tough questions. And, uh, and uh, that was, that's, that's pretty important too. Oh, it, it is, you know, um, we've had some standardized assessments in place for quite a while, um, but it is so important to be able to, to measure, um, outcomes and, and look at, you know, how um, the people that we work with are, are progressing and, and the changes in their lives um, and, and to be able to demonstrate the impact of our services. Yeah, yeah. And, and then and measuring, um, you know, employee engagement as well. That was another, another uh, metric that you set, you know, you set a benchmark and said, we want to have a 75%, uh, you know, employee engagement uh, metrics that we're going to start tracking and, you know, setting the benchmark and then doing these kind of ongoing uh, assessments to say, okay, how are we doing? Are we, are we keeping up with this? Yes, no, it's, it, you're, that's uh, another important piece of it. And this year we did, we were able to, uh, to complete, even, even in the midst of COVID, we uh, were a little bit late in getting some of our surveys out, but we did our, our um, employee engagement. We did a uh, client satisfaction survey. We did a family and uh, caregivers um, survey and a, um, a stakeholders with colleague agencies. Mm -hmm. And that's provided us with a, a lot of really valuable feedback. Mm -hmm. Yeah, then, and that gives you, gives you, a, you know, a good idea, indication of how you're doing and can say, okay, we're doing okay here. We need to make some tweaks here. <laughs> and, uh, but then you've got the data that you're dealing with. You're not going by guess, by gosh, and by golly. No, exactly. That's an important component. Yeah, yeah. So, so what are you hearing on the street in terms of, uh, uh, and, and one of the things that happened in our city was that the, uh, I think it was the, uh, was it the emergency measures from the city got a, started con uh, getting a whole bunch of the uh, community-based organizations on a weekly call to kind of work together and say, okay, what's the, what's the plan moving forward with, with COVID? Yes, no, I, I have to, um, to say, I have, was very, very impressed with this, the city here. Um, and they actually had started um, three different um, online meetings and, and there was community service providers, there was an emergency shelter and a, a food security um, committees that they formed with, with all of the different various community-based organizations. And as time has gone on, um, you know, need, didn't need the weekly meetings and they've kind of combined a couple of the groups. And we, it's now called the Community Wellbeing Table. 
and mm. it is meeting every two weeks online and just uh, it's it's been just a a really valuable way of um, sharing resources and again, you know, being able to um, to say, you know, we're dealing with this. Has anybody else dealt with with this issue and and get some ideas and some support? And um, you know, it it is all coordinated through the city of Regina, and it's just been really. Um, just an outstanding response and well, uh, and bringing these agencies together to collaborate rather than seeing each other as competitors right <laughs> oh exactly yeah no that's the other thing like, so. like share, share resources so mm -hmm. so um what what are your plans coming out of covid <laughs> or you know what what are you hearing in terms of uh when things might get back to quote unquote some form of normal whatever that new normal is going to look like well there you know i think it, we're we're on the same in the same boat as as most of the country and really not knowing you know um we're we're all hoping that by this time next year yeah. <laughs> um, that that things will start being back more back to normal. Um, you know, it so much depends on the vaccine and and you know how the the measures that the different provinces have put into place actually work. But um, things aren't going to be changing anytime soon. I, yeah. You know. I remember at the beginning when, you know, everybody thought, oh, this might be a, a few weeks and then it turned into a few months and now it's, yeah. it's ongoing. So let me ask you a question. How, how is the pro, how did the process that we worked through, you know, that I worked through with you and your team, how do you think that's prepared you for the next, whatever comes next? <laughs> Well, one, you know, what it, the process that, that um, we went through with you, Ken, it was about um, strategic planning on, and operationalizing strategic yes. plans, not yep. just having this, you know, these, you know, lovely goals and this document, you know, that sits on a shelf. Um, it, it helped us really look at, okay, if we're saying, you know, as I said, that we want to invest in human resources or we want to, uh, um, you know, strengthen our programs and services through growth and development, mm -hmm. it helped us really say, well, what does that actually mean? What does it look like? And, and the other way that, that the work that we did with you by, by dedicating the, having a whole day where this is all that we're working on, um, that it really, really strengthened our management team. Um, and your and your team was strong before that, but it made them even stronger. And what I really appreciated of working with you is you and I would sit down and we would say, okay, what's most important to talk about in this next session, you know, and I mean, your coachability and, uh, and the ability of your team to have the difficult conversations. <laughs> oh, exactly. You know, and, they, and they weren't afraid to talk about the tough things, you know, and I mean, even in terms of how you responded. I remember the one session we had where we just kind of sat down and we debriefed and said, okay, what worked well during COVID? What didn't work well? <laughs> Why didn't it work well? And if we were to do this again, what changes would we make, you know, mm -hmm. and, and to be able to take that, that, uh, you know, that 
good look inside to say, okay, well, we thought this was going to work, but it didn't. <laughs> we thought this was going to happen. It didn't, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, and, um, and I mean, even as we talked about, you know, like going back to your human resources, I mean, um, you know, some of what you did is you started to identify some people who had some potential to move up in the organization in terms of their leadership capacity. And uh, you brought some of those, some of those people into the, uh, into the management team, you know, and that was, that's significant. That communicates stuff to the rest of the staff and says, there's, Hey, there's room to move up. And they, these people brought a different perspective, but they fit in just like, you know, they'd been there all along. Right. (laughs) Oh, exactly. Yeah. Um, you know, and that's, you know, as you said, something that we did in the midst of everything is uh, expanded our management team, but um, they were, they were able to come on board, as you said, seamlessly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that was, and that's good. And, and you're right about, um, you know, the, uh, the implementation, because you've been in, in this, worked in this field long enough to know that lots of Nonprofit organizations have an abundance of ideas, but the implementation of those ideas is <laughs> the challenge. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and that's where, you know, we got down to specifics and said, okay, what does this look like? And let's set, set some benchmarks and, you know, go from there. Well, I want to thank you for your time and thank you for the work that you're doing in our community and our city and for the way you lead your team. Uh, you've got a great team there. And what I, yeah, I want, the other thing I wanted to touch on is that you named your new intensive program after your uh, predecessor, which I think just speaks to the, to the character of the organization, you know, and recognizing, um, you know, Carol, who was, was your predecessor and naming the pro the new intensive program after her calling it the Eaton intensive program. That just says so much about the, uh, about the organization and, uh, yeah, character of the organization to say, we're going to recognize people who've, you know, made a significant contribution over the years. Yes, no, well, Carol, Carol was the heart and soul of Phoenix for, for 40 years. She started off as, as a program director and ended up as the executive director for 17 years. And um, yeah, she was, it was the least that we could do to uh, to recognize her by naming the program after her. Yeah. Well, and the other thing I want to touch on too is that the, just the strength of your board. I mean, you have a really, really strong board and there's a good working relationship between the board and yourself. And that isn't always the case with nonprofits. And, uh, and so to, and you've got to have those two working together. And I think the other thing that I think is really important is that you, you know, you guys, uh, had done your, you had a risk management assessment and liability and risk management plan. And, and so you were probably better prepared than a lot of organizations were for a pandemic. Uh, even still, there were things you could learn out of that. But I mean, a lot of, I think there's a lot of nonprofits who were caught flat-footed and will really struggle coming out the other side, which is too bad because that's, you know, our communities need the kinds of services that are delivered by organizations like yours and many others. Yeah, no, um, that the planning and preparation, you know, ahead of time certainly, um, certainly helped. And, you know, obviously COVID threw a few curveballs that we weren't expecting, but, uh, you know, being able to, to look at those risks and, and everything ahead was really important. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's for sure. 
Okay. Well, thank you for your time and so much for your input. And uh, yeah, look forward to continuing to dialogue together as we move forward. All right. Thanks, Ken. And thank you for all your work with us. And it was it was so valuable. Yeah. Well, and I, like I said to your team, I mean, it's one of the best teams I've worked with. And, uh, you know, I mean, your leadership through COVID, I mean, that that made a big difference for your team. And I know they they spoke that to you. And uh, yeah, you've got good people there who are doing good work and they care about what they do and they're they want to make a difference. That's why we do this, right? <laughs> exactly. Yep. Good. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Ken.